about some dogs. Yeah. Hey, I know I'm a dog. Hey, I know Daryl. Hey, you already know he's training dogs. Hey, we some dogs. Yes, sir. Hey, we about to turn up one time on these boys. They're not ready. They're not ready for it. Hey, it's their homecoming. Let's smash on these boys. Let's smash on these boys. And then we hit the field like, all day like, all night like, and we ready like, Welcome to Deep Water with Glenn Head Football Coach Antoine Stevenson. Here's your host, Brett Watson. It is me, Brett Wiseman, filling in for Chase Williams tonight. Coach Stevenson's in a in a good mood, it appears. He's got, <laughs> got the moves going here on a Tuesday night after a win. Uh, yeah. what, what was your weekend record? So, of one course, got two, the win in front of you. One and two? No, yeah. no, no Elon victory. Yeah, Bobcats prevailed. Phoenix. Uh. Panthers. We're not even gonna. We're gonna get into the Panthers later on in the program because that's <laughs> that that's a whole nother can of worms oh to open later on. There's a multitude of problems on that front. But uh, coach, let's let's talk about Friday night. Biggest thing for me up in the booth calling the game was I noticed, you know, to me it was kind of Jarrell's coming as good a night. As the run game had, and yep. of course we've got a, a big part of creating some massive Mack truck-sized holes. Uh, one of the members of the offensive line, who we we'll get to here in a moment, but yep, yep. Um, I felt like it might have been Jarrell's coming out party, just simply from the fact that he was very poised in the pocket. He didn't try to do too much. He nine times out of ten made the safe throw, and he didn't really put the ball in a lot of you know precarious situations and he made one of the best throws I think I've seen him make on that bomb to Jazeera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, um, he definitely did a great job of just managing the game. Um, not trying to do too much and just taking what the defense gave him. Uh, there was a lot of check downs that he made and like you said, the the deep ball to to Jazeera was a big play in the game. Uh, but then he did a he had a lot there was a few check downs in which he made to running backs in the flats. That was definitely um, big because in the past he would have tried to force it down the field. Uh, I think it's one of those things in which QBs want to get the ball down the field and they don't realize throwing the ball to the flats and allowing, allowing that running back or whomever's in the flat just take off for 20, 30 yards. You're still getting the same number of yards. And, and a big factor in the passing game out of the backfield was not any of the running backs, but it was, it was the H-back. It was big number seven. Adam Alexander had a big night in the passing game and then – Got into the, uh, got into the, um, into the act in the run game there towards the end. Yeah, I mean Adam. Um, I mean we we missed him the the few weeks he was out. Just getting him back last week and getting him acclimated to what we're doing. And um, he's like a Swiss Army knife for us. Just being able to move him around in so many different places, from running back to H back to wide receiver, uh, even Wildcat quarterback. Um, yeah, he's he's just he's he's a He's a piece that, that we rely on a lot, um, and he's just taking advantage of his opportunity. Is there a reason he wears number seven is because he's a Taysom Hill kind of guy? You could put him at tight end. You could put him at H-back, running back, wide receiver, you know, right you know, guard. Yeah, you know, you know, 
if you if he was here and you asked him that, he he would say yeah, but he probably don't even know who <laughs> he Taysom probably does. No idea who Taysom Hill yeah, is. Yeah, I don't think he does. But he was like, yeah, that's how I play. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. He has no idea. He who has Hill not is. actively watched a Saints game, <laughs> at least not this year. Right. But talk about the impact that that a guy like Jazier makes as a deep threat to be able to take the top off the defense like that. When you get the run game going and it opens up the play action, you get a good play fake like that, and he just outruns everybody and takes the top right off the defense. I mean, anytime time you have a guy like that that's, that has that type of speed, defense has to to, to keep watch of them. And, and when they don't, you want to you wanna try to capitalize on those um, – those times in which they don't um, take pay attention to a guy like Jay Zier, and, and and we did we did that, and the the play was executed executed perfectly, and um, like you said earlier, Jarrell made a a, a great throw, um, and it was I mean it was just it was a easy seemed like an easy pitch and catch uh, just because it, it was called that seemed like the right time, and when you look at the slant touchdown right there towards the end of the half. Was that the turning point of the game, really, when you, when you were able to get that touchdown with about 16 seconds left right there? I, th- I would say the interception by Amari, um, but that was a big play. That, that almost, was to big, me, was more of a dagger than a turning point. And the reason why I say Amari's is because we were moving the ball and then we, we attempted a field goal and we had our field goal blocked, and that made the score 26-16. to 16. Yep. Um, Instead of us going up twenty nine to eight, right? It was, so, it's, so it's back to a two back score to a two game. score game, right. and now we're back in the dog fight again. And then that interception to me was the was the dagger. But that was a big play in the game, and I like the I like the fact that the offense just stayed poised. Uh, it was one of those things in which Jarrell did a good job of managing the time, um, and we we were quick or fast enough. It, at, but at the same time, we were not in panic mode. Right. Uh, it, it seemed a little, It seemed almost second nature for the guys just to go through the process with, with, the, with only being like 90 seconds left in the half. It was it was a, a process down the field, and it was one of those things in which we just took advantage of what the defense gave us instead of trying to throw the deep ball when it wasn't there. Uh, we we were able to just manage the clock and, and, and take five, six-yard, ten-yard plays and uh, and get down the field. And then being able to throw that ball to Karan for the slant was a, was a good play, to, a good way to end the half. Right. It was a very methodical uh, two-minute offense, the, the way it was run. It was probably the best two-minute drive uh, of the season from, from what I've been able to see. Just because of the poise, it was it was quick but not fast. Like you it's a hurry-up two-minute offense, but it wasn't – Nothing was out of sorts. Nobody was panicking, running around like in circles, which are like chickens with their head cut off. Everybody knew what the objective was. Everybody was getting the calls. They were on the same page. And when you get down to first and goal with 20 seconds left and you end up scoring with 16 seconds left, that's the mark of a good two-minute drive when you're not having to rush to get that last play in. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you made a, a couple key points. First, everybody uh, executed and did their assignment. Uh, we had very few missed assignments um, this game, which made it easier for the quarterback. Uh, and, and, and another thing, we worked two minute. We worked two minute every weekend. I'm telling you, it looks bad in practice because our defense beats up beats up on us a lot. Um, but with that being said, we were able to execute in the game uh, just because we've been in that situation before. Uh, and, and, and like I said, the guys were, were calm. 
um, and, 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 and took advantage of the opportunity. So two interceptions. You talked about the defense. One for Zion and then a pick six from Amari. How big a night was that confidence-wise after going against two pretty potent offenses the two weeks before to come out and be able to, to score 14 points on the other side of the ball? Oh, I mean, it was huge. I mean, it's one of those things in which we really emphasized last week Stop having lows. We've had big lows in, in the second and third quarters. Coming out of the half and going into the second quarter, uh, we, the energy has been down. So that, that was a point of emphasis this week. Uh, just keeping staying upbeat, staying positive, uh, and, and stay locked into the game. And I feel like this was the first game in which we actually put four quarters together. And we want to just keep that. We want to keep that momentum going into this week. All right. And, and some teams you'll see – have have get off to slow starts for you guys i feel like it's almost like you've started too fast and then kind yeah. of not necessarily let off the gas a little bit but you've you've almost run yourself ragged right. at halftime you come out you're kind of gassed for the second half this right. time it was the word i'm thinking of is calculated it, it, it was a, it was you said it's complete four quarter game it was very leveled out Correct. you know yeah, I, th I think, like you said, this game we didn't start on the peak of the mountain and then on the only way you can go is down. We, 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 worked, we worked our way to upward, and then we stayed, we stayed mellowed and, lock, and locked in for the, for the entire game, man. It was, like I said, it was just one of those things in which we really emphasized that. And the guys, and the guys really um, played off of my composure. That's one of those things I feel like the guys play off my energy. So when I'm up and down, up and down, it, it kind of bothers them. But I, this may be the first game this this year now, which I didn't. I don't think I yelled too much. Uh, really okay, didn't have too I, much to yell about. I'm gonna but, I'm uh, gonna push back on that a bit because on Zion's pick, when the ball was tipped and the flag still threw, they still threw the flag. And yeah. You had to have yelled. Yeah, I was like, come on, man. Yeah, I think <laughs> if I'd have yelled really loud, I, somebody would. have <laughs> Told me to shut up and get back to the sideline again. So, I'm 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 off of I'm off of all of that. But um, yeah, man. I to be fair, I felt like it was it was, it was worth yelling at that point because everybody and their mother saw that the it ball was, was tipped. So. But at, at some sometimes, you know, officials are human too, right? And 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 sometimes ego gets in the way. And if you're trying to make them change a call, right? Sometimes you have human nature sets in and like I'm not changing anything, and they'll just go with a bad call just because of the way. Um, the the delivery of the of, of the protest is yeah. Um, so so it's sometimes it's good just to say hey come on now it was tip yeah they came together talked about it uh, and we we were able to keep the ball. No uh, no baseball umpire is going to go for that though. They're, right, they're, they're going right. to go for the egotistical yeah, call. Yeah, absolutely. Times out of 10, it seems like yeah. Chris those guys. Chris knows all about that about yeah. how not to argue <laughs> balls and strikes. Yeah. Chris plays varsity baseball as well, so we'll we'll talk about that with him here in a moment. Yep, yep. October, so postseason baseball's all over the place. Uh, tell me what went into the decision for the onside. No, 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 no. Or was it not an onside? It was, okay. It was not a, okay. Yeah, I know. I probably got a couple of middle <laughs> fingers from the other side, but we did not. Just like be, not, right before the, the half. The thing was, it didn't look planned. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what's going on? But even right before the half, he onsided right before the half. We wanted him to squib kick right. down the field. Uh, but he onside. It looked like an onside, but the other one was. Well, it was wanted, just one of those, I like to call them air squibs. Yeah, pop -ups. We, we wanted him to kick the ball to the 20-yard line, 
uh, so we can we can rally down and make the play. But right, it, it looked like just and the yeah, guy, it looked like he was supposed to just pop it up to the twenty five, and he yeah. just mishit it. Yeah, and mishit it, and the guy got out the way. He was like, "Huh, y'all can have the ball." And, <laughs> hey, man, these these kids still want these kids still play football no matter what if they're up. Up, down, whatever the case may be. When you, um, when when the the backups get a chance to play, they want to play. So, uh, being able to to recover that, um, it was just. I mean, it just. Hey, stuff and Adam doesn't get his rushing touchdown Correct. if you don't get that kick. Correct. So, so I mean, it, it is what it is. But it definitely wasn't. It wasn't the call um, onside. Not Plus, you can you can all now say, and it was the first time I've been able. To, to actually use this on a broadcast I was paid to do, <laughs> other than me sitting in front of my TV or playing Madden and saying it, but 50-burger. Yeah. You, you got to put a 50-burger up. Right. That had to feel good. Absolutely. Especially after the last few weeks when you've been struggling on both sides of the no ball doubt. to have a complete game defensively but also offensively to put up a massive amount of points like that. No doubt. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those kids, it's one of those things, the guys, I mean, we have players on our team, we want to we – wanna, uh, dominate a game as well. So, as a coach, I gotta understand that I can't allow other teams do it to us. Right. And then we not return the favor when we have the opportunity to do that. We just we can't we can't do we can't do that. And I'm not I'm not gonna do the guys like that. I'm not gonna be a coach where um, we're in a situation in which hey it gets out of hand and t- other team keeps scoring and then. We're, we're, we're going to play with some class uh, with it. But, I mean, we just played football. It was right. one of those things we, we ran, the, we ran the, the play clock down to three or four seconds, snapped the ball. Uh, but the guys like that are on the no field. huddle the whole right, time. So. The guys on the field, they still going to play hard. They, and that, that's an expectation we have. And that's all, that's all that was with the Adams score. Uh, but, but back to the onside, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't playing. I'm not that type of coach. <laughs> and I don't, think, I don't think they like that too much. But. At I mean, least you're not Mario point. Cristobal either and then would have run the oh ball when trying to take a knee. As, oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to get your opinion on that in wow. a second. The funny thing was he's Mario's actually done that before wow. at Oregon. Wow. So I, we'll, we'll get that to that. We'll get good. to that in the third segment. But This, uh, this guy makes a million dollars, over a million dollars a year. Millions of dollars a year. Jeez. Plural. Millions. Right. Right. Plural. <laughs> uh, before we get to Chris, this will kind of segue it. I used the term on the broadcast, a, a master class in movement at the line of scrimmage because it seemed like every single play, the offensive line was winning at the point of attack. How, how big a night was that? How big a confidence booster was that? Not just for the offense and the position groups of running back and offensive line, but for the offense overall to know that if you can move the line of scrimmage like that against Reynolds, you kind of get the confidence you can try to move it against anybody. Yeah, no doubt, man. Those guys, man, they played hard, and they. Uh, I mean, it was one of those things in which I mean, we 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 kind kind of got we kind of got whooped a little a little bit the last last couple of weeks. So coming out with that with that mindset that we're gonna we're gonna change the we're gonna change the tone of and the mindset and, and, and just play harder than the other team. I think it was one of those things in which what we did on Friday that we had not been doing, we, we played with a lot more tempo. Right. And I felt like the tempo kind of kind of helped us. It helped us, and it, and it was one of those things in which we wore, we wore Reynolds down with it. So, um, And there was a rhythm to the tempo as well, right? Absolutely, man. And like I said, the guys just – we just kept with it. And once we, we, we found some – some plays in which we liked and we f- and and they felt confident in we just kept running it. It wasn't 
It wasn't any. It wasn't anything. Anything beyond that. Guys came to the sideline and said, "Hey, coach, we need to run this, or we run need to run that." And as coaches, you gotta you gotta put your take yourself out of it and understand the kids are confident and what plays they're confident in and run those plays they're confident in. Um, right, because as much knowledge as you have as a coach, you're still not the one that's playing, on the field. No doubt, you're 100%. not in the trenches. They're, they are, and they right. know what's going on. Right. right. So right. you've and and that's a big step, I think, and that's something that that's a testament to you that not a lot of coaches have is that ability to look at your players and say, okay, he's out there. He's obviously seeing something that I'm not. Let's go with it. Right, no doubt. Now, if they come to the sideline and say, coach, we need to run double reverse throwback <laughs> pass because the corner over there is looking in the backfield. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. But as far as our, our run concepts and um, our base pass plays, if the guys come to the sideline and say, hey, coach, I really feel like this is this will work. I mean, we'll – We'll 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 give a we'll take a look at it and if it when we call it if it works we're not going to go away from it until it stops. The most important thing to come from Friday night was you get back to 500 in conference play absolutely and you get yourselves back on par uh, before this game against Mount Tabor, which is a pretty formidable opponent. This is a big game. Um, the CPC is so crazy, man. You have one team beating another, and then this team losing to another team, and then this team beating another team, and it's like I said, everybody has a loss in conference now. Um, Conference, the conference championship is still up in the air. Uh, we have we have Mount Tabor this week, and we have two more opponents after that. But we got to take care of business on on Thursday, um, and then let the chips fall where they may after that. But right now we're focused on Mount Tabor, uh, and we understand uh, the magnitude of this game. Just getting over 500 um, in conference and getting back to 500 overall right. uh, will, will, will be will be big. Getting the three and two in conference will be huge, but uh, of course you, you got to take care of business and, and let the chips fall where they may. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, Chris Shoemaker, who was a big part of that five rushing touchdown performance uh, on Friday night uh, for the Glen Bobcat offense, he's our player guest tonight. He will join us when we come back here on Deep Water Live from Lido's Pizza in Kernersville. Man, that smells fantastic. You guys are making me hungry over pizza, here. Pizza, pizza. Back after this. Attention pizza lovers in the triad. Are you ready for a taste sensation that will blow your mind? Look no further than Lido Pizza, where flavor and value collide. For a limited time, Lido Pizza in Kernersville is serving up hot and fresh deals that you just can't resist. Monday special, get a calzone or a stromboli for only $5. On Tuesday, get a spaghetti entree dish for only $5. On Wednesday, kids eat free with a paying adult. Lido Pizza, your next guilty pleasure. 220 Market View Drive in Kernersville. Call and place that order right now at 336-993-5336. It's game time. Brother Cluckers has you covered. Check out the Clucking Football Feeding Frenzy for five beer, 25 fried chicken tenders, two jumbo sides, and one gallon of sweet or unsweetened tea for only $39.99. Special only valid via online ordering. Just visit brother-cluckers.com to place your order and enjoy the games. Brother Cluckers, located in front of the Food Line Shopping Center at 1547 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Brother Cluckers. Welcome to the Triad's best-kept secret, Tucker's Grill, located on the corner of Highway 66 and High Point Road at 4110 North Main Street in High Point. Open 6.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. Voted some of the best burgers in the Triad, Tucker's Grill also offers breakfast plates, breakfast sandwiches, hot dogs, lunch sandwiches, and homemade soup during the winter months. Visit Tucker's Grill for lunch today, 4110 North Main Street in High Point. 
When I think of Mountain Valley Hospice, I think about the caring and understanding. They did so much for me and for my family, comforting me, watching a parent gradually go away. I don't know how we could have done it without them. Here at Mountain Valley, every moment matters. Hey y'all, Tiny's Bubble Auto. Is your car broke down? Are you stuck somewhere? Do you need a mechanic? Oh, you don't want to call a tow truck? Call Tiny's Mobile Auto. He'll come out to you, do your work, whatever you need done, your regular maintenance, or if you broke down on the side of the road, give him a call. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call 336-423-6241. You don't even have to see me. Just let me know what's wrong with your car and I will come and fix it, y'all. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, I'm on the Twitters, whatever you guys need 336-423-6241 as always i'll be seeing you York Home Inspections provides a vast array of home inspection services right here in the heart of the triad. Exterior, insulation, ventilation, structural, appliances, roofing, radon testing, pest inspections, electrical, plus HVAC, new construction inspections, annual maintenance, and more. Owner John Taylor York has been in business since 2012 and treats each inspection as if it's his own home. Schedule your appointment online with John at YorkHomeInspection94.com or call 336-442-8315. York Home Inspections. Quality home inspections. Sedgefield Lawn and Landscape Supplies, your one-stop shop for your lawn. Family-owned, serving customers residential or commercial. Check out our large selection of mulch, pine needles, sand, gravel, grass seed, fertilizer, herbicides. They even do propane fill-ups. And if you're looking for lawn care equipment, you won't find a better spot in the triad than Sedgefield Outdoor Equipment. Visit them today, 5111 Mackey Road in Jamestown, North Carolina. Give them a call at 336-292-6800 and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Here on Deep Water, the Glenn Bobcat Football Coaches Show, here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and the Glenn Sports Network. Uh, update from Boone, it's not going well for my uh, Mountaineers. They are in action against Coastal Carolina. There's seven and a half minutes left in the first quarter of that one, and uh, the Beach Chickens, as I like to call them, are now up 14 to nothing. Extra point pending as App State Secondary has apparently forgotten how to play football. Anyways... Chris Shoemaker joins the program, a member of that staunch offensive line from Friday night. First of all, when you're able to get five rushing touchdowns, that's 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 a bookmark moment for a position group like yours especially, right? Yes, sir. So talk about the night that you guys had, and can, a, can an offensive line, much like other position groups, can an O-line get into a rhythm to the point where if you go over to the sideline after a change of possession, you're looking at coach and you're saying, please, for the love of everything, don't pass the ball. Just just let us run it down their throats. Oh, yeah. I mean, on certain nights like that when we were just, you know, totally dominating for the most part and we just – the confidence is there. We just feel like no matter what you do or no matter what you throw at us, we're going to be able to handle it and we're going to be able to take care of the business that needs to be taken care of. What's the psychological advantage of when you're dominating at the line of scrimmage, when you're winning at the point of attack? Can, can you see that in the opponent that you're starting to wear them down play after play? Oh, yeah, especially after a big play or something like that, a touchdown or anything, a big run. 
they uh, they just don't come as hard as they would the first play of the game or after they make a big play themselves. They just kind of bow down. So, bit of an odd question. I don't know if you play Madden, but if you were a playable player card in Madden, what would your overall be? Coach is getting the same question, so. I will say, uh, uh, let's see, I'll say high 80s, low 90s. Okay. I, w- I was going to go 99, but that's, that's okay. yeah, that's gotta, good. Got to keep it honest. Yeah. you got I, I, like, I like the humble approach there. Uh, we said it earlier on in the, in the first segment. You also play varsity baseball. First of all, what position? Uh, I play third, first, and I pitch. Oh, so he's got, he's got the cannon arm from, from over there on that side of the, the hot corner over there. What are the benefits, do you feel like, to being a dual fall spring sport athlete? Um, just being able to be athletic out there. Like, um, I've had people tell me that they can see me playing other positions as like an extra blocker, like a tight end or H-back. Just, um, even though I am smaller, I am a little bit more uh, faster than certain other, like, other people. And then um, just being able to read things a whole lot more. It just the knowledge and IQ it takes for everything else kind of translates to other sports. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is not only are you constantly 12 months out of the year keeping your body in the best shape possible, I'm sure there's some things from playing baseball that you pick up as far as, you know, body positioning and certain things, you know, mentally that you pick up and carry over to football and vice versa. There's things you might pick up during the fall that you're going to take into the spring. Oh, yeah, just baseball is one of the most mental sports I've ever played. And with football, I mean – I started off with baseball, so I can't say that football is more mental. But um, I would say just it helps so much because whatever's coming my way mentally or physically, it just helps out because I'm ready for it and I'm ready to accept that. Yeah, Deion Sanders was asked which sport was harder. He said baseball because of because of hitting alone. But I'm not going to make you answer that question because my name's not Shannon Sharp and we're also not in Boulder, Colorado. If you were to play a third sport, though, what would it be? I probably play lacrosse if I could. I, I was I was actually going to go hockey. But hockey. I mean, I was thinking high school, but I was I was just talking about that in class today. Hockey is physical, and it's one of them sports like football and skates. I feel like I feel like you'd be a pretty good pretty good left winger. Yeah, you, you got the body type. You fit the you fit the mold. I think get your wrist shot down to lethal ability. You'll you'll, you'll be good. Um, I'm going to name off some offensive linemen in the NFL right now. I want you to tell me if you've watched them and if you take anything from them. Okay. All right, Trent Williams. Yes. David Bakhtiari. No. No? No. He's like the only two offensive linemen I know. I think Jason Peters retired. And then everyone else is just somebody's junior, and then there's, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to name off legendary linemen, and we're going to go from there. Have you gone on YouTube and watched, like, any film of, like, a Tony Siragusa or any of, any of those, you know, older 90s, 2000s kind of guys? Well, whenever I'm in class and I get all my work done, I go to YouTube and it's always football related, but one of the most favorite things I like to watch is the big guys, linemen, running screens, you know, just taking advantage. And uh, the Eagle Center, one of the Kelsey brothers. Yep, Jason I, Kelsey. Yep. I, watch, I watch how he plays all the time because I think he's one of the best centers in the league right now. I mean, he's a Kelsey, so he's like world famous at this point. But <laughs> – what are some things that when you watch an NFL game or a college game, 
Uh, I'm sure you're looking, not really looking at the ball, but you're looking specifically at, at what the offensive linemen are doing. What kind of things do you take week to week when you're just sitting on the couch watching a game on a Saturday or a Sunday? What kind of things do you take into practice that week? Um, just the movements, the feet work and how they how they move and flow. I take a lot of that. Um, also, just how they work around things. I mean, if something bad happens, they you don't see guys in the NFL, especially linemen, they, you don't see them just crumbling down. They hit harder the next play. What NFL and college teams do you root for, if you have one? Um, really, it was the Panthers and the Steelers for the NFL because my parents are both big Steelers fans, and my, my dad likes the Panthers. But um, but college, it's, it's UNC all the way. Okay. Okay, I can I can respect that. Somebody said the other day that Carolina had a shot at the college football playoff, which I'm, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more sense it makes. But I'm also sitting here thinking, this is the same playoff committee that would put a two-loss Florida State in over a one-loss North Carolina because of name only. But you know, I'd, it'd be great to see. It would it would be really great to see. What are some of your hobbies outside of of sports? Um, right now it's just going home and getting stuff I need to do. But in the summertime, it's definitely uh outdoor stuff, hunting, fishing. You know, in the fall I'll go hunting and then I'll fish a lot, especially at the beach. Um, especially like in between football and baseball. Even during baseball season, we don't lift much. So in the mornings, I'll get up whenever I can and I'll go and work out. But um, other than that, it's just hanging out with friends and then hunting, fishing, and working out. All right, so let's say. You and Coach go fishing one-on-one. Who's who's getting the bigger fish? Oh, it's, who's getting the big catch? It's me. All the way. It's me. I think he knows that, too. He's he's nodding along as if he knows. Yeah. Okay, so let's say you guys go hunting. Who's getting the bigger buck? Uh, I mean, I'm not as big of a hunter, but I think, I think I can do it. Okay, let's say you two go one-on-one in Madden right now. Who's winning? Oh, it's me. It's, it's, it's me. Okay, see, now there, there was pushback on that one. There was pushback on that one. All right, final question. You two go one-on-one in MLB The Show. Oh, uh, me, me. That's what, this summer, <laughs> that's all I did. You, you were all the Diamond Dynasty, weren't you? Yeah, me, me too. That's how I spent my summer too. Chris Shoemaker, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Coach Stevenson will be back to wrap up the program right after this. Attention pizza lovers in the triad. Are you ready for a taste sensation that will blow your mind? Look no further than Lido Pizza, where flavor and value collide. For a limited time, Lido Pizza in Kernersville is serving up hot and fresh deals that you just can't resist. Monday special, get a calzone or a stromboli for only $5. On Tuesday, get a spaghetti entree dish for only $5. On Wednesday, kids eat free with a paying adult. Lido Pizza, your next guilty pleasure. 220 Market View Drive in Kernersville. Call and place that order right Right now at 336-993-5336. When I think of Mountain Valley Hospice, I think about the caring and understanding. They did so much for me and for my family, comforting me, watching a parent gradually go away. I don't know how we could have done it without them. Here at Mountain Valley, Every moment matters. It's game time. Brother Cluckers has you covered. 
Check out the Cluckin' Football Feeding Frenzy for five beer. 25 fried chicken tenders, two jumbo sides, and one gallon of sweet or unsweetened tea for only $30.99. Special only valid by our online ordering. Just visit brother-cluckers.com to place your order and enjoy the games. Brother Cluckers, located in front of the Food Line Shopping Center at 1547 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Brother Cluckers. Welcome to the Triad's best-kept secret, Tucker's Grill, located on the corner of Highway 66 and High Point Road at 4110 North Main Street in High Point. Open 6.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. Voted some of the best burgers in the Triad, Tucker's Grill also offers breakfast plates, breakfast sandwiches, hot dogs, lunch sandwiches, and homemade soup during the winter months. Visit Tucker's Grill for lunch today, 4110 North Main Street in High Point. Y'all, Tiny's Mobile Auto. Is your car broke down? Are you stuck somewhere? Do you need a mechanic? Oh, you don't want to call a tow truck? Call Tiny's Mobile Auto. He'll come out to you, do your work, whatever you need done, your regular maintenance, or if you broke down on the side of the road, give him a call. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call 336-423-6241. You don't even have to see me. Just let me know what's wrong with your car, and I will come and fix it, y'all. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, TikTok. I'm on the Twitters. Whatever you guys need. 336-423-6241. As always, I'll be seeing you. York Home Inspections provides a vast array of home inspection services right here in the heart of the triad. Exterior, insulation, ventilation, structural, appliances, roofing, radon testing, pest inspections, electrical, plus HVAC, new construction inspections, annual maintenance, and more. Owner John Taylor York has been in business since 2012 and treats each inspection as if it's his own home. Schedule your appointment online with John at YorkHomeInspection94.com or call 336-442-8315. York Home Sedgefield Lawn and Land Landscape Supplies, your one-stop shop for your lawn. Family-owned, serving customers residential or commercial. Check out our large selection of mulch, pine needles, sand, gravel, grass seed, fertilizer, herbicides. They even do propane fill-ups. And if you're looking for lawn care equipment, you won't find a better spot in the triad than Sedgefield Outdoor Equipment. Visit them today, 5111 Mackey Road in Jamestown, North Carolina. Give them a call at 336-292-6800 and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for triad sports. Back here to wrap up Deep Water, the Glen Football Coaches Show. Brett Wiseman alongside Glen Football Head Coach Antoine Stevenson. So this is the part of the evening when we discuss your weekend record, which I I know it it wasn't good, but one and two. Yeah, like in and you know what one and three, but in baseball that's that's great. You make millions of dollars if you bat thirty. If you bat three thirty three, yeah, yes. that'd be one third. Yeah. Wow. It's not it's not good in football. But yeah. So what 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 happened with Elon on Saturday? Because I'm not in tune as tuned to them as, as you and Chase are. So that, I'm telling you now, hats off to North Carolina Central, man. They, hey man, the well oiled machine. Uh, and then when you have a quarterback that season like they have, um, I mean he made so many plays for him with his feet, man. And defensively, it's like they had our number. Like every time 
we thought we had a good play. They were, oh man, like they were just dialed in. I was very, I was really impressed how well coached, um, and the enthusiasm on their sideline. I was even like we we got out to a 10-0 lead, and then it was it was it after that, man. They they did a great job, and I was really impressed uh, by the players and the and the coaching staff how well prepared they were and of uh, the energy they brought to the game. So let's get to the Panthers. Let me wake tr up. Tr me wake try, up. try and address some of some of the some of the problems. I know there's a lot, but to see from a coach perspective, can can you address some of them and tell us what in the heck is going on here? First, we we have to put uh, with Bryce being so being a rookie, we we don't we have to not put him in situations in which he has to make plays. I know he was the number one pick. Uh, but we need him to manage the game uh, and not try to go out and win the game for us. Now, see, with there's, that, there's with a couple of problems that I'm is. seeing, it's and a, and you touched it like and Desmond and I talked about this um, on Friday when we did one of the shows from from the fair was it's not necessarily it wasn't necessarily the play calling it was the execution before last week and and then last week. The more I watched the game, I was like, maybe the problem is the play calling. Oh, oh my gosh, man. It's, and we don't have a number one receiver. Thielen is our best receiver, and he. And I benched him in fantasy. That oh was a my great gosh. decision. He's um, a, number three, a number three receiver at best. So I, we, we, we traded away our number one receiver, and we traded away the best running back in the league um, last year. So. Uh, we just don't – offensively, we just don't have it. And then defensively, we're, with so many injuries and just – it's just so lax. It's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch my Panthers play right now. Uh, that's a point that I've never really gotten to with my Packers where, where I just – I simply don't want to tune in. But I, I feel like there's a lot of Panther fans that are getting to that point where it's, it just becomes a, a, an ordeal to watch a Panthers game every Sunday. You know what? I'll – when we played Minnesota two weeks ago at home, there were more. You thought you thought the Vikings had a home game. That's how much purple was in the stands. So that, I was co like, that color specifically makes me as a Packers fan want to vomit. Yeah, but. I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, man, we're just ah, uh, it can't get any worse. We'll, we'll say that, man. So the, it can't possibly get any worse. <laughs> the only winless team in the NFL. It can't, can't get right. Oh wait, Look. who do they play this? Oh yeah, Miami. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Miami, this this whole Mario Cristobal. Yeah, not the Hurricane. I mean, not the not, not the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. No, the Hurricanes. No, no. Mike Mike McDaniel's very good at his job. Yes, Mario is. Cristobal, not so much. So, oh, in case you missed it, Miami had a chance to take a knee with 25 game. seconds left and win the game. Win Instead, the game. they run the ball, they fumble it. Georgia Tech recovers, and 10 seconds later, they win it on a 44-yard touchdown as time expires. But Cristobal, after the game, decided to deflect blame on his offensive coordinator, who apparently made the decision and said he should have come in and overruled it. To, to me as a coach, when you don't take the accountability, that, that speaks volumes to him as far as his character, yeah. as to he's not going to take responsibility for everyone below him. Yeah, yeah, nah, nah. And uh, anytime we lose, it's, it's my fault. And every time we win, it's... Um, the the job my assistants uh, uh, are doing and have done, I that that would have never happened. Like no way, 
<laughs> no way, no way, no way, no way. And I, and I'm I'm still pretty young in this in this head coaching thing, but it's, it's just some things that I've learned over my seven, eight years of being a head coach that hey, I'm not I'm not gonna allow happen, and I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely be on the headset or whatever, or be on the field if I need to make sure. Uh, we don't lose the game, and that's and that's what he did in that. That's what he did in that instance. They lost. He lost the game. He lost them the game. Yeah. yeah, and the the part that made it less believable for me was right under the tweet of him saying that was a clip of he had done this before, before at, at Oregon. Oregon. Somebody had yes with yes. Justin Herbert <sighs> of all crazy. people at quarterback. You decide just, to run the ball. Get here's the thing. I went back and watched both clips side by side. <laughs> the Oregon-Stanford game where he tried it the first time, yeah. there were about 51 seconds left when they snapped the ball. So you would have had to at least have one, if not two more snaps right. because of the play clock. Saturday night, 26. there were 25 seconds left. So, Coach, they wouldn't have even had to run, run another, another play. play. Correct. Uh, I, I have that no makes idea. it make even less sense. I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what, what was going through there. But the disturbing part, even after all of that, and they when when Georgia Tech scored, um, they started throwing stuff. Yeah, Miami fans I, started I throwing stuff at the Georgia Tech, Tech players I, like it was their Steph fault. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I did not like that, and no. I hope hopefully they address that. But that was not. I didn't like this. I did not. I did not like to see that that part of it. But hey, kudos to Georgia Tech, man, just playing to the end and taking advantage of an opportunity. Speaking of the NFL. I'm a Packers guy. Uh, last night was not too awfully fun for me. It was there was a lot of roller coaster to yeah. it. But <laughs> this is the date is ten ten. Our our guy is number ten, and I'm I heard a lot of doubters on Jordan Love before the season. Uh-huh. I felt like he silenced them. Now he's come back to earth a little bit. Yeah. And now apparently last night was all his fault. To me, it was he was much like Bryce Young putting a lot of tough spots yeah uh last night but what's what's your coach's opinion outlook to to calm my anxiety you know what now i i did not get a chance to watch um i didn't get a chance to watch the game just for the simple fact that we're playing on we're playing on 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 thursday so everything has been sped up so i'm i'm watching film and 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 trying to figure out what what we're going to do offensively and defensively and special teams so and we'll um, get to that in a second. Yeah. So, <laughs> so with that being said, I didn't get a chance to watch. I didn't get a chance to watch a game, and I, I just worked until I couldn't work anymore, and then I fell asleep on the couch. Have you Have you watched any of, any of Green Bay this year? Um, or have you seen things in passing? Like I, I have. I, I have. I've. Gosh, I forget who they. Because the the real seminal moment to me for him was that fourth quarter against the Saints. Amen. Where he kind of seventeen nothing, he leads that comeback. That comeback, was, yes. That was now, kind I of saw his that. seminal uh, yeah, moment. Yeah, but I saw that. You know, every every quarterback's going to have growing pains, but you know, everybody that's kind of coming for him that it's you know kind of his fault. Yeah, I I, I don't buy into that narrative because it. I, I think the play calling is just putting him in tough spots. Yeah, I just I love the way. Speaking of the Saints game, which they came back, I just loved his energy. Right. Um. Just staying poised, and they were down, and being able to reel the team back to victory. Because there's a lot um, of young quarterbacks that would just, was just, would they roll would just over, yeah, right. and, and hung his hung, hung their head. But he didn't do that. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things in which being able to play, uh, but behind Aaron Rodgers and things like that. I mean, 
just learning to keep that calm and that poise, uh, even when things aren't go, going well. I would say that's one thing about Jordan Love. He he's able to stay stay poised. And Aaron actually on the uh, on his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show today actually said that he texted Jordan after the game last night and said, "Don't listen to, to any of the outside stuff. You did what you had to do. Right. Yeah, it was a winnable game at the end. You right. tried to make the play. You had to make. Keep your head up. Keep working." And for everybody that said Aaron Rodgers was a bad teammate, look, right. I, I get it. He's nuts. But, and I also wanted him gone at the end of last season. Yeah. But the whole narrative that he was a bad teammate for the yeah. longest time is, has more than been, more than been answered. But yeah, I never listen to outsiders when they're not in. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, if you're not in the room, room you right, don't you just, know. Period. Yeah, you don't, man. There's so many different stories you can hear and outsiders having opinions and things like that man and that's just in general so i just don't get into all of that all right last thing before we wrap up game on thursday against mount Tabor. this is this is odd much like <laughs> app state playing on a tuesday yeah. as they are but what you said things kind of speed up game prep wise so everything kind of moves ahead 24 hours in terms of what you as a coaching staff do Correct. during the week. Does does that make it harder? Do you like it better? Walk me through the process here. Um, it's it's just one of those things, and being able to adapt to changes and things like that. It's just what I mean. Just what we have to deal with. Uh, why we changed the game, I don't know. Um, but hey, nonetheless, they they decide they want to play on Thursday instead of Friday, so we're playing on Thursday instead of Friday. Uh, but it's just one of those things as far as managing the guys and their bodies and how much we do and how much banging goes on during the week. Uh, that's just one of those things in which we have to mon we have to monitor. Being that it's a Thursday game instead of a Friday game, and um, yeah, it's more teaching and less um, team and impact. Um, things going on during practice and a lot a lot more film study man so to, to me what i'm hearing is a lot of way how an nfl team kind of treats when they, when they thursday, have that when they have that thursday, thursday game absolutely right? man and, and we you can't go about it the same way because these guys bodies are used to that six days off playing on the seventh day uh but now in, in this in this situation you're five days off playing on the sixth day and Hey, our opponent's going through the same thing, so uh, it's nothing to gripe about. Uh, both are in the same situation, and hey, let's 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 adapt and, and get ready to play on Thursday night. What what kind of things have you been preaching to the guys this week? I'm just staying just staying locked in, staying focused, being students of the game. Take time to to, to watch film and things like that, man, and take care of your bodies too. Uh, yeah, yeah, your body, your body gets used to routine. So when that routine is is changed at all, man, it's just one of those things in which we have to adapt. And your your mental focus has to be more has to be more prevalent in those types of situations. And 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 don't get caught up in ah, oh, it's a Thursday or whatever the case may be. It's a football game, and you're playing against an opponent and in the CPC. And this a uh, this is a this is a big game for for both for both teams with both of us coming in with the same record. Um, both in conference and overall. So, um, yeah, we just got to be ready to go. There's been a serious amount of parity uh, with this conference <laughs> yeah. so far this year. CPC, and baby. When you look at Reagan came in, you know, 0-3 or 0-4 overall, but, you know, look at they, they played in non-conference. You guys have had, you know, kind of a roller coaster start to it. But yep. things are kind of stabilized now. You know you have a better idea of what's in front of you 
now than he did two or three weeks ago. Correct, man. And um, with with the piece, I think we we've kind of figured out what the new pieces are good at uh, and what motivates them and um, what we need to do to 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 be a good football team from an offensive standpoint and not doing too much. Um, and letting the kids just play and let them play. We have really good football players on this team. And as a coach, sometimes we end up playing chess against ourselves and not chess against the opponents. And when you're playing chess against yourself, now you're doing a lot more thinking than the players are doing a lot more thinking than playing. So we don't want to play chess against ourselves. We want to play chess against the opponent and have them thinking and, and let us play football. You, so, you want to play chess when everyone else is playing checkers. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, 100%, man. So, And I want my guys playing checkers and let me play the chess. Uh, but I don't want my guys in the game playing, ch- playing chess. I want them playing checkers on, in the game. We'll connect four. You know what I mean? So not not as much thinking involved. So uh, that's that's what we've gotten to, and I feel like uh, Friday was a well, was a showcase of that. Yeah, I agree. With that being said, I'm sure you didn't miss me asking you this question: three keys to victory Thursday night. Thursday night, man, just being locked in, being ready to go, um, winning the turnover battle, uh, and eliminating the big plays. Uh, I feel like we, for the most part, on Friday last Friday we. We, we eliminated some of the big plays. We were giving up four or five a game, and we only gave up one um, last Friday. So, so And this is a Mount Tabor offense that, that has, I would say, a better ability than an RJR to, to no kind of take the top off your defense. No so doubt. So Secondary's got to be ready to go. Right. And just, I mean, we eliminate big play. I, I, I like our chances. I like them too. Coach, this was fun. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. We will see you all. I believe our next broadcast is not until the 21st when the – season finale against Davey, but uh, uh, Desmond and Rod will have the game against East Forsyth next week. Uh, I'll be at Grimsley uh, Friday night uh, for that game, but uh, Coach, best of luck Thursday night, and uh, keep it rolling, and we'll see you again down the road. Appreciate you.